please atone for your party foul. Leave on while you can shimmy out. Part the seas of your own ennui and walk down the street with Disney Channel dignity. singer uh, and guitarist and of course Ryan uh, he is the guitarist as well thank you guys for joining me truly truly appreciate it uh, let's talk about uh, the band really quick um, and we just heard the song sad to let you down like this off of uh, the album Universal Hurt which uh, will be out and available very soon but uh, we get to have a little 
preview of that uh, right here on What the Music. But you ended up coming back to kind of your roots uh, in, in this album, coming back full circle and embracing who you were back then. There was just a lot of artistic exploration for a long time. And to be really blunt, I went through phases and existential crises where I thought my pop sensibility was a bad thing and made me not a real artist. And I was doing almost everything I could to cover that up or do something different. And I had friends along the way trying to lovingly tell me that that was stupid. Um, one of them being my good friend Jesse, who I remember once said, look, you can shovel dirt on your roots as much as you want, but they're still there and you shouldn't try to hide them. It's who you are. From my point of view, uh, so I wasn't in the band originally. I, I, my brother was, Adam was, and I watched them practice, perform. I loved everything they've done. So I was a fan before I was ever even close to a member. And I, I like everything Frank has pretty much written the entire his entire music career so far but i always felt like his wheelhouse was like that power pop like catchy melody like the quirky unique deep lyrics you know just like so throughout all those projects i probably would message him and be like you know hey why don't you redo a frankie's finger song here or there but so as we were recording this new record and we were still technically american film history i knew at some point you know, that it didn't sound like an American film industry record. And I told Adam and Sammy at some point without consulting Frank, I was like, this really sounds like a Frank and his fingers record. Like he knows that. Right. So <laughs> we, we started having this conversation, like, like the three of us, but we didn't want to push the issue to like scare away or like kind of mess with the process of like how the record was coming together. Once it was like complete or mostly complete, like we had a sit down meeting after just some like banter in like a, uh, you know, Facebook Messenger. We actually got together and we just decided, like, let's just be Frank and his fingers. This is what it feels like. And then we sat on it for like a day, maybe two days. And then we just all just kind of gave it the thumbs up. Like, yeah, like that, that's what this is. This is what it is. And like, there's no denying it. So let's talk about Universal Hurt, uh, the album that, uh, is soon to be released everywhere. So, uh, again, make sure to log on to their link tree slash F. A-H-F, and uh, I'll have all the links on entertheshell.com just in case um, you forget any of that stuff. Uh, so make sure to log on there on the show notes. But uh, this album, Universal Heard, what is the, the premise of this album? D- does it harken back to uh, hurting yourself from uh, stopping the band and then coming back? At some point in my life as a songwriter, I became a very conceptual songwriter. I would have broad ideas and visions about albums, about projects, about things before I'd start writing them. And, and for a little while, I thought, no, 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 don't do that. Just just write what comes out. But I, it's just so exciting for me to do it that way. And I it, I think I wrote one song that I'm trying to rem- I don't remember which song it was. But I noticed that there was something about it that felt like this snotty, self-aware, absolute scathing indictment of just like having feelings and being human and all of the things we all go through that really suck, but also are 
oddly, beautifully part of the human experience, but it's really examining that in a super tongue in cheek way. That's kind of, it's, I've been telling people that it's an album that that's just ruthlessly making fun of being a human being. <laughs> and, uh, that covers everything from the, the struggle that everybody goes through at every phase of getting older. That's, that's a big one trying, but that includes layers about trying to convince yourself that it's utterly ridiculous to feel like you're old in your thirties because you're going to be 85 and be like, why was I feeling like I was old when I was 35? And, and it, it's all of those sort of layered things that we all go through, but there are aspects, you know, there's, there's a, there's a track on the record. Um, ironically enough that's called power pop record but it's a ballad it's a slow <laughs> song uh and that's a song that's simultaneously about uh the concept of realizing that i didn't need to have a million and 50 friends to feel like i had a complete life that the process that has occurred in, over the past 10 years or so that has whittled them down to a core few is a healthy and okay thing but it also touches on how that translates to the experience of being a musician and having people come out for your shows, listen to your albums, show that they care, and just a lot of of confusion and, and reflection about feeling like that waxes and wanes and you don't know why and you can you can really easily beat yourself up about it, but the beating yourself up is really stupid and unproductive. And so yeah, I'd say that uh at some point it became clear to me that I loved the idea of letting loose and writing a ton of songs about how there are all of these things that we all go through that really suck, but they're kind of hilarious and stupid and they're kind of beautiful and tragic and they're kind of all of the above. And I just wanted to make an album. I also love the idea very specifically of making a record with a really morose sounding title that was this fuzzed out, like raise your fist in the air, unabashedly shreddy guitar, like heroics called Universal Hurt. Like there's this morose title that sounds like it should be an Elliott Smith album or something. And it's this rollicking, like shout along chorus record that's like being sad and being a human is stupid. Let's make fun of it. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, did Ryan contribute to that shred sound? How, how did you oh. contribute? <laughs> yeah, he did. Ryan is 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 ninety five percent of the shredding on the album. Why don't you talk about that, Ryan? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's, so this is my first uh, gig as being tasked as just like writing lead guitar parts. Like I write my own stuff. I've written my own stuff since I was like eighteen. But I always approached it differently. So you know, Frank was like, okay, so you're the lead guitarist for this record, and you know, I would say. 90% or 95% he just gave me like the spots where there should be lead guitar and like I mean for like one of the tracks on the record he was like here's a minute and a half I need a solo and I'm like a minute and a half <laughs> so my expectations for myself were I had no idea I wanted to impress him I didn't want to suck I didn't know if I was good enough but I think in a weird way like the pandemic the way like it kind of made us kind of work from home. It gave me a lot of time to just like do over and do over parts like hundreds of times. Like I would send Frank hundreds of takes. And I mean, I'll say I'm proud of like what I did on this record guitar wise. <laughs> there's some, there's some really cool parts and yeah. I, I wasn't sure I was able to even do that. So hearing everything back, it's like, it's, it's such a cool thing to like 
And there are some shreddy moments. Like oh, there are shreddy moments. There were moments that I, there were moments that I remember listening back for the first time, and he would do something that was unexpected and just shamelessly over the top. We're talking like Eddie Van Halen, like tapping, like stuff that shouldn't belong on a record like this. And that's what I wanted. That's what I encouraged him. Than Eddie Van Halen, but yeah, well, I wanted, I wanted a little sloppy here and there, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I remember there were moments when he'd go into this, like just jubilant tapping thing or something over this big end section of a song. And I remember being in this room, my home studio and like standing up and like jumping up and down. Cause I was so excited. And my partner downstairs, she'd be like, are you okay? It sounded like you were throwing things up there <laughs> because that's how good of a job I think he did. <laughs> Well, there, there was times where I sent him, like, uh, way more modest takes of things, and then he'd be like, and I was like, I kind of have an idea for, like, an over-the-top thing, but he's like, just do it and send it to me. And then, like, mm-hmm. I would do it, and then he'd be like, that's it. And yep. I'd be like, oh, all right. I think close to 100% of the time that you were like, I don't know, I have this really crazy idea. I think close to 100% of the time I took the crazy idea. <laughs> yeah. So I know you've been releasing uh, a few singles. Uh, one of them, of course, was Sad to Let You Down Like This. Um, what has been the reaction from everybody? Um, have anybody reached out to you, and are they nostalgic about your band, or are they excited that uh, about the band? What, what's been going on? Yeah, I would say that, by and large, we've had a really good response from people who, when we first... The first thing we ever did was we went back on our – we made a Facebook page around the 2013 reunion show because we predated face, Facebook really. I mean, we even though we broke up in 2010, we didn't – I don't think we – Facebook pages really existed. I remember we went back on there, and our drummer posted something like testing, testing, one, two, three. And all these people were, like, sharing it, and people were sharing it saying, like, what, 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 what? Yeah. And people were like, what is going on? And for a little while, people thought it was another reunion show and people were excited about that, but confused because it was during a global pandemic. And they're thinking, was, is this like in two years or, or what is it? And, you know, we've been working with a publicist and I remember she gave some, some, some good advice on when to say what. And I was just itching, itching, itching. When can I finally tell people it's a, it's because people are going to be excited that it's new music at all. They'd be excited if it was one new song, but I get to tell them that there is a new full-length Frankie and His Fingers album that's already done. And I was just waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, when we were first, when we released our first single, we, we, we started sharing the pre-save links and stuff the week before. And I got to say, there is a new Frankie and His Fingers album. And I got a lot of people reaching out to me personally, like just with messages, like all exclamation points. And, and people were like, uh, my, the 16 year, cause our demographic, when we were in our heyday, we're a lot of teenagers. And these people that are now in their twenties, thirties were like my 16 year old self just peed its pants. Somebody <laughs> sent that to me at one point. And, uh, yeah, I'd say that, that people who were into that band were really excited. I mean, I just got tweeted at in the Frankie and his fingers account today by somebody who said they used to listen to us in high school and somehow stumbled across somebody else, a mutual friend said something about our new music and said that they like did a quadruple take and had no idea and just shared this really great, you know, very nice tweet about it being the best news, you know, for them. And I think this is somebody that's not even local. I think this is maybe somebody out in the Midwest somewhere. Um, But yeah, we've gotten all kinds of crazy stuff. I had somebody, 
reach out to me uh, privately saying that she was really, really excited. And this is somebody who has, <laughs> I still can't even believe to say this out loud. This is somebody who has two tattoos of my lyrics um, and doesn't even live on the East Coast where we're from. I saw a former teacher reached out to let you know about uh, your latest single, that it has a terrible song uh, title. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was your uh, reaction to that? Oh, it was fine. It, it, it I, it was funnier as a short tweet like that, not really giving the full context. In reality, it was very playful and totally just a jab. And it was meant to be a joke. He was clearly aware that it was horrible grammar. Um, but, I mean, the song, it's funny. I've always been into long, ridiculous song titles. I think song titles in and of themselves are a ton of fun, and they're not to be overlooked for that. And our, our song titles dating back for ages and ages are ridiculous. I mean, our, our most beloved song to this day, which was mis-submitted to, to iTunes, et cetera, back in the day by our, our former manager, which has a shortened title if you look it up. But the full title of that song was The Boys Who Cry During the Last Scene of Ghosts Make Better Boyfriends Anyway. <laughs> and I loved, I, I, was, I grinned every time I told somebody that was the title. But th- this song uh, that he was referring to, my teacher, uh, is oddly titled just because you are dot, 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 doesn't mean you have to dot, dot, dot. And it refers to a conversation that somebody had with me when I was at a show up in Kingston, New York, I was attending a show and her friend just, I think told me she liked my jacket and just started talking to something. And I think this other friend thought I was like hitting on her friend or being creepy or whatever. And this friend who was a little intoxicated, made some remarks to me about like old hipsters, like leave young girls alone or something. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, you know, and she said something to me that I remember was absurd. And it was just because you are a blah, 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 doesn't mean you have to be a blah, blah, blah. And I don't even remember if it was just because you are a blah, blah, blah. I don't remember what she said. I just remember she said, just because you are, doesn't mean you have to. And I, I remember like, racking my brain trying to remember what the heck did she say and i just thought it was it and the song is sort of about that experience and the various feelings of like uh oh am i becoming the the sad old lone guy at the shows <laughs> and it just seemed a fitting title and and so yeah that teacher was just playing around and yeah i thought it was a funny thing to share i do notice how you do pull from your life in your lyrics especially for movies uh last action hero um, I noticed that you pulled a lyric out of, out of that uh, movie and uh, wanted to get your thoughts on that soundtrack because oh. it, it has one of my favorite songs, Two Steps Behind, uh, from that soundtrack. Uh, absolutely one of my favorites. Is that, see, I don't know the soundtrack super well other than watching the movie. Is that the Megadeth song? No, it is the Def Leppard song. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, Good soundtrack. what I can tell. What I can tell you is that I watched that movie again last week because I love that movie (laughs) and it's so ridiculous. And it's honestly, it's funny that you bring it up because I think the tone of that movie is so similar to the tone of this album. Granted, uh, lyrically, this album gets a lot more interesting, but uh, just you take, you know, you already take 90s Arnold Schwarzenegger and those movies in and of themselves were ridiculous, but then you take... Arnold Schwarzenegger and put him in an action movie that's inside another movie. So you have to ramp up the ridiculousness like 20 times to make it really read. 
And something about that is a great parallel to this album. It's just we did not hold back on the ridiculous moments. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that, though, uh, especially one of the most ridiculous things. And I don't mean this in, in a bad way was your final song is like nine minutes on the album. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, yep. You know, and I thought first and foremost, I thought, hey, pro move. You got the la the the longest song should always be at the end of an album. Anytime, oh, yeah. anytime I get submitted and I like a song and it's like nine ten minutes, I'm automatically like, well, that's gonna be at the end of the show, you right, know, for all course. my submissions and stuff like that, uh, because then people will just, you know, I, I I don't know if people have that kind of attention span in the middle or at the beginning of an album. Uh, but I thought that was rather ridiculous, but it worked. It worked. I listened to it yeah. and, uh, you know, I listened to the entire album, obviously. And, uh, at the very end, I'm like, how could they, how could they fit a nine minute track, you know? Yeah. And obviously yeah. it's been done before with, with many other, uh, bands and stuff like that. But I listened, I was like, this is a little ridiculous, but okay, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I'm yep. totally for it. Uh, yeah. Ryan, tell me about that because, I mean, did you just jam on that for nine minutes or what was going on? <laughs> well, so that song's interesting because uh, I had heard like a demoed out like electronic version that Frank had made a few years ago. Cause it's a song. I think like a bunch of the parts of it have been in your head, at least for a long time. We, is- we actually, Sammy and Adam and I came up with this riff in their basement in Red Hook in about 2008. And it just never made it into a song. The main riff. Right. So, it, this is one of the tracks where he told me that I had a solo. So for my it, the first solo it comes in at around like I don't know, like two minutes, forty seconds or fifty seconds, and I just based on the way the rest of the track sounds, I was like, I'm going crazy here. I'm going like pure '80s. Like I'm gonna try to get as shreddy as possible as to my ability. Uh, I think that part's awesome. So, but so what I didn't know about that track is at the end. Uh, starting at like seven minutes and like 38 seconds if you can get there i hope people can (laughs) like so frank frank hadn't showed anybody but then frank sent it to me because he wanted me to contribute to it so he does this crazy like uh, guitar solo at the end with a lot of like whammy bar and stuff and he was like i want you to add to it like like a partner type solo and i was like man i don't want to screw that part up but so that's where I really sat down and tried and tried. And then when I think what I did was I just did the more like melodic thing in the background type thing. And I, I swear to you, this is the, this is probably the part I'm most excited to play live if live shows ever happen again. I would just love to just do the cheesy back to back, just like. Yeah, you got to. You got to. <laughs> that's what I want to do. That's all I want to do. Yeah. You, you absolutely have to. I, 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 I could see that as well. Uh, doing the cheesy back to back and, uh, going after that. Love it. Love it. Uh, the album is out, uh, very soon. Make sure to check out the link tree, uh, for more information. Link tree slash F A H F. Go check it out. And of course, I'll have all the links on the show notes. Make sure to check it out. Universal Hurt. Uh, really enjoyed the album. Really like listening to it. Uh, as I do. And w- with this album, usually I just sit there and I watch, you know, the screen, you know, I'm real weird when it comes to like listening to music. I'll just watch the, the, the song, the track, and then the, the time go by mm-hmm. and I'll just be like, 
Mm-hmm. But this one, yeah. uh, I actually made a salad to. So I was making a salad nice. to, to this album. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what that means. You know what I mean? Whether it's not make a salad and eat it, but, uh, that's my review, uh, as, <laughs> in keeping of ridiculousness. Uh, salad yeah, definitely <laughs> put. Yeah, make sure to put that on your liner notes. Yeah, we'll put that there. Yeah, that's a full quote. Oh man, thank you guys so much for uh, coming on. Um, really happy that you guys rekindled your flame and uh, have found each other again. Truly enjoyed uh, the album Universal Hurt, and uh, you know, uh, what what advice would you give to bands? that are somewhat in this boat of deciding to break up and, and you know, do, are, do you eventually think that they'll all come back together? Or do you think that this is a, a very unique situation? I, I, I think there there's one variable that may or may not apply to, to other bands, and it's that we did not have any issues with each other. We were still close friends and that was, that had nothing to do with why we broke up. So that's why it was so easy to always find our way back to playing music together. I know that there are bands and it happens where you just realize you clash with certain people. It's a personality clash. And that's one of those things that I think when I was younger, I thought you could, you could always fix it, but sometimes it's just not the case. So I would say if you're in a band and you feel like things are on the rocks, the first thing I would try to assess is, are these people who I gel with? Are these people who I have natural chemistry with and they feel like a family? And the second thing I would ask myself is, how do I remember that this is supposed to be about fun? Because when we got, when we started making this record at all, before we even decided to reform as this band, my number one goal was to have fun making a record. I didn't really have any other goals at the time. I just wanted to have fun making a fantastic record and just have a blast. And uh, that worked. And I think when you base everything in that, the other things that come after are all gravy. And you'll find your productivity and you'll find your your path of of of, of goals and all those different things. But you got to start with the fun. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Gotcha. What a what a what a great way uh, to end the show on that tip uh, for everyone listening that are in bands. I know I have a lot of I have a huge band following. All the bands uh, listen to me and stuff like that. So uh, you know, any advice I can ever offer up to them right you know, through you guys, you know what I mean? Your guys' yeah. advice, uh, I, <laughs> I truly do appreciate it. So uh, again, uh, make sure to check out the band. I'll have all the links on the show notes and uh thank you of course to ryan and frank uh for being on the program truly do appreciate it and uh the last song that we are gonna leave is gonna be the song that uh that your teacher thought was a terrible name uh like we queued up before just because you are doesn't mean you have to so <laughs> thanks Albert thanks for having us yeah yeah no, no worries man truly truly do appreciate you guys
Frankie and his fingers. Again, uh, for more information, make sure to check out their link tree slash F-A-H-F for more information. And uh, if you can't remember that, just always log on to entertheshell.com. There you'll find a ton of interviews uh, that I've done. Also, you'll find my submission show. Uh, That is where I get a ton of music submissions from bands all over the globe and uh, I only go and comb through the creme de la creme and play them for you. So uh, that is a, a treat uh, for your ears. And while you're there, you might as well uh, go ahead and click that subscribe button. I am available on multiple platforms. Uh, so whichever platform that you listen to uh, your podcasts, make sure you subscribe to enter the shell. And if I'm not on any of those uh, that you do listen to, go ahead and hit the contact button on entertheshell.com and email me so I can get on that particular streaming platform. But again, I am available on very 
uh, multiple platforms. So uh, I think we should be good with that. But hey, since you're already there on EnterTheShell.com, you will see that I do have a donation button. Uh, right there uh, is where uh, the heart is, as they say. Uh, you know, I do this for the love of music and the love of helping bands. But, you know, every now and then gear breaks. Uh, every now and then I got to renew the server fees. And for that, I would like your help with that. All the money that I get goes directly back into the show, whether it is buying more RAM for my computer, uh, whether it's buying more cables, whether they be real or virtual that I'm now experiencing, uh, or just any kind of uh, weird thing that comes up uh, that I do need to make this show happen. I assure you, all the money goes straight back into the show and to the program. So uh, if you would be ever so kind and donate, that would really help me out. But, hey, I know times are tough for some of you. And if you don't have any money, that's fine as well. The other best thing we could do is just share the link and let people know about this program. That would really come in handy as well. It's actually probably better more than money. So uh, whatever you can do, and both would even be a lot cooler. But again, whatever you can do, I would truly appreciate it. Uh, thank you again for tuning in. And as always, you can find me here at EnterTheShell.com. <laughs>